of the show, and this is the point where like everything lights up and the fog things happen and mm-hmm. people come running out on stage and they're like the LP. And people are doing backflips and, and they stuff. Say what? The LP. Oh, yes. All right, let's see your backflip. <laughs> there, you couldn't see it, but that's what it sounded like. I moved my head a little bit. <laughs> Successful backflip. Hey, nobody knows. Welcome. Um, after a week off, still going back and forth on second shift at the corporate job, so or secular job, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're back in the basement, back in the studio, doing this thing, hanging out with a big old camel cricket. Ew! Stop <laughs> mentioning it. You're literally like one of my biggest fears. He's hiding behind the carpet over Good there. Good for him. I hope he stays there. So what's up, man? Well, um. I mean, I feel like a lot's happened since last time we recorded, just because really we're has. recording every other week right now with your work schedule. Yeah. But um, I did not want to miss out on the opportunity to speak on the youth conference that we went to, and so I thought we would take um, the time right now to do that. And then next week, um, or the next time we record, I guess, because next week you'll be on Seconds again, mm-hmm. um, we can kind of talk about your Fearless series, because by then it'll be wrapped up, right? Is yeah, so um, this Sunday, this coming Sunday, will be the end of the Fearless series, and then next Sunday will be Fifth Sunday. So, um, yeah, that'll just be like a one-off sermon. Um, so, yeah, the yeah, the Fearless so. series will be done, though. Maybe we'll talk about, um, you know, how the Fearless series was, and then get into, you know, maybe a sneak peek of what the next series is going to be like. Oh, a little sneaky peeky. A little sneaky peeky. Look, I'm pumped for this Sunday. I haven't started writing this message yet. Um, but man, the first two have been good. Yeah. Like, it's been it's really been good. good. And and I mentioned this youth conference a lot in last Sunday's message. And I, it wasn't intentional. Like, I, I wasn't coming into writing it thinking like, oh, I'm going to do nothing but talk about this. Like, I can't wait to hijack all this stuff. It's just like, I was going and I was writing and I'm like, oh, I remember they said this at the youth conference and it would fit really well right here. And it's just like, how applicable that all of what we learned on that youth conference was. There's just so much, so much good meat in there. And I'm really glad that, you know, God timed these things together to where I had the opportunity to share what we had learned, you know, with the church. Because yeah. as an adult, and that's something I said in my sermon on Sunday, was like, I have been to every different kind of conference as a, as a you know, Christian male. Um, you know, pastor's conference and worship conference and other planter's conferences, everything. And this is the most fruitful one I've ever been to. Right. And um, it was just so good. And something I just want to mention is... Um, this isn't the first time that we've gone to this conference. It's the second time. Um, but the first time last year, it was just myself and um, three girls. And uh, we went, we had a great time, um, and we enjoyed it. But this year, it was um, you and I and um, Christopher and Stephanie and Alan, and then um, 14 students, Yeah, um, which was just so cool and not only did we take 14 students and five adults but on Wednesday I said you know like who went and like who had a great time and everybody was like it was amazing like even the students said it was so good and um 
so kudos um, to the IBSA people that put that on. Uh, it was fantastic. And so we just wanted to share a couple takeaways that we got from that um, because, like AJ said, it was very fruitful and um, definitely some stuff to take away that we wanted to share. So do you want to start that off or you want me to? Um, I'll go ahead and start off. So there was a... Uh you know, like, they, they made it fun, obviously, and whenever I heard there was going to be um, an illusionist there. Now, it's very careful to say that it's an illusionist, not a magician, and he was very careful to say, like, I'm not a magician. Magic's not real. I don't do magic. You know, this isn't any kind of weird sorcery. Um, he goes, what I do is an illusion. It's a trick of the eye. It's a trick of the mind. But he used his illusions and worked a, a gospel message into it. And it wasn't like a forceful, like this tacky, you know, oh, I'm just kind of fitting the gospel into this, these tricks. It was, I don't know how to explain it. Well, like, he look said, him up. His name is Harris the Third. I'm sure you can find YouTube videos on Well, him. he used it as like a um, an example of how easy it is to be deceived. Yes. And how easy it is for your mind to be tricked by things of the world. Um, and it was just super cool how he was able to um, use his illusions as um, a way to just like show students that it really is so easy um, for the devil and for the people of the world and for social media and all of that to deceive you and to kind of change your thoughts because it wasn't just like, oh, check out this, like this trick or whatever. It was like, this is how, look how I did this. Like I convinced you. Yeah. That yeah. there was only three dots on this paper when there was actually four, just simply because I covered one up and it was a trick of your mind. And I was yeah. easily able to convince you of that. He had a trick where he let the whole crowd see how the trick was going, but he was like performing the trick on one person. And he had this kid baffled, like had him thinking he was making paper towels disappear out of thin air. But we saw what was happening because we weren't up on stage. And that was the purpose of him doing that trick. And that was the same thing, you know, he's like, whenever you're so tunnel vision focused on one thing, you don't see the big picture around you. And like I said, he wasn't like cheesy, like spinning this into a gospel thing. Like he was really, as an adult, like his performance, his, you know, evangelism, I mean, it had me in tears multiple times just because yeah. like how thoughtful and how creative and how like, if you know me in the way that I preach, I am all about metaphors and I'm all about like contextualizing and making it relatable and thoughtful in a way that you haven't thought of before. Because when your brain can grasp the gospel in a new, relatable way, it's just like it helps you get to know Jesus that much more and on that much, you know, more of a personal level. And that's what he had done all throughout his message. And it was just so good. It was. And then um, I literally cannot say enough about the worship. Like, yeah. I. Have not worshipped that hard in... I don't think ever. <laughs> I mean, I probably have, but it's been a long time. And I just kept thinking, like... Number one, I kept thinking, like, I might be too old for this. Just because I was, like, jump... Like, it had oh. me high. Oh, yeah, we were up. both. I was jumping and then, like, pumping. after, like, the worship was done, and I was like, shoo-wee. You know, it reminded me of this um, podcast I had listened to, and the person on it once had said um, that... 
when you're done worshiping, you should feel exhausted yeah. because like you should be giving like your all to your worship. And like, that's what we did that yeah. day. Like we gave everything to our worship and, that and was, it was beautiful. That was it. Like the songs that they played, you know, and the words that were saying is what it came down to. It was like, I wasn't just jumping cause it was a good beat. I wasn't just like singing along. Cause it was one of my favorite songs. There was actually like two songs that they played that I really didn't care for to begin with. Um, like I've heard them on the radio and I'm like, ah, it just doesn't, it doesn't get me, you know, like I know the words are good, but like, it just doesn't get me. It's not my style, but then like they're playing it and the words that they're saying while I'm already there in the spirit with all these other believers, like to scream and yell and jump and like throw my fists in the air and proclaim these truths about God. Like, it's just, it was, it was, that's, so good. it was so good. Yeah. Like I need you to go somewhere and worship with, with friends and. And just really worship like that. Yeah. That's whenever I was jumping and like pointing at the sky and like, you know, the, I wish you could see the motions that I'm doing. But, you know, <laughs> I wasn't doing it because it felt cool. Like I'm doing like I'm I'm proclaiming to the world and I'm shouting to God what I believe about him yeah. and the truths that I know are true about him. And, and when you actually get to be in that place and do that, man, it is a it's a rush, you know, just to be filled with the spirit like that. There's nothing like it. Yeah. You know, it's the closest to heaven we're going to be. Is getting and to it worship was like, like funny that. because um, one of our students, like I kept every song that would come on, it would be like like 30 seconds in and I'd see her grab her notebook and her pen to write down the song. Like she was That's just funny. like every single one, she was just hitting her and she was writing it down. But anyway, um, and then there was um, the like actual speaker yeah, at the he end. He was a pastor. Um, yeah. And like I a lead pastor, church? not just a worship New pastor. City Church? Yeah. New City Church from, well... No, oh no! Now I can't remember. Church? I thought that was, and I can't remember his name now. The host of the evening, he was another pastor, Nick Volking. Yeah, Volkening. Nick Volkening. He was from New City. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. This other guy, he was from another church, and I can't remember his name, and I can't remember the name. So of the he, church. it was a church like up in SI. No, um, that's Volkening. Volkening's from okay, the yes, SIU I area. Have no idea. But anyway, he <laughs> talked to this. Oh, this guy's from Northern Illinois. He's around Northern Illinois University. He's yeah, he's around another university, but it's like pretty far north, I think. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, cool. Um, anyway, he talked about like um, the parable of the sower. Um, Which you've probably heard about a thousand sermons on it before. Yeah. You know, if you've been to church for even some time, we've only been saved for five years. And I'll tell you, I've already heard like six, you know, full length sermons on the parable of the sower. So whenever I see him talking about, we're going to do the parable of the sower, you know, I'm, I was like, oh, this whole night's been fantastic. So I don't doubt anything. But like, here's another one about the parable of the sower. But continue on. But it was the way that he went about it. I felt like was so like the it's like a way that the kids needed to hear. Yeah. Um and there was so many like beautiful parts of his message and just the way that he was delivering it. Um but I did write down a couple quotes um and we'll get there but for those of you who don't know what the parable of the sower is, um Jesus is talking about the different kinds of soil. And um, he talks about, like, when you put seed down on hard soil, how it just does nothing. 
and the soil refuses to grow anything. And the birds come and they and the, eat it yeah, away. Yeah, and the birds come and eat it away. And then there's rocky soil, which is like a shallow soil where like you get excited in the moment and you might profess your faith, but the minute things get hard, um, the plants wither away, right? Yeah, as soon as the sun, as soon as the heat hits it, it doesn't have enough roots. And one of the quotes that I wrote down for that one... Um, when he said, like, God, that you get excited in the moment and then, and you profess your faith, but the minute things get hard, you wither away. Something he said that, like, hit me was, like, God doesn't want a profession of faith. He wants a possession of faith. And there's a difference because you can profess with your mouth all day, but it's like when your actions show that it's kind of like in your sermon on Sunday, you said, you know, if you're heart has been changed, your actions will be changed. Yeah. If your heart's so, been changed by Jesus, your actions are changed yeah. by Jesus. And so that goes hand in hand. This you bottom know? line of it. And that's, you know, whenever Paul says, if you profess with your mouth, he doesn't stop there. He says, if you profess in, with your mouth and you believe in your heart, that is that is your faith. Yeah. So it's not just professing with your mouth. It's believing in your heart. That's when you're, that's when you're possessed. I mean, you talk about like, pure conviction you know when you're convicted by something you're acted to move on it and people get convicted to do all sorts of stuff right you know why did we get to the moon we were convicted to see you know what was up there so how do you come to faith in honestly one of the most scandalous bizarre stories in all of history you have to be convicted by the spirit yeah and then the third kind of soil is choked soil where everything else trumps it um, you're always looking for something better, and That's like the thorny, thorny weeds. Yeah, weeds like soil. you never actually loved Jesus. He said, like, um, one another one of the quotes that I wrote down for that one was, "Some of you really like Jesus, but you don't love him." And that was one of those ones where I was like, "Woof!" Like mm-hmm. students need to hear that. Like you can like Jesus all you want, but there's a difference between liking him and loving him and giving your life to him. Yeah. Something I had read in my uh, first study, you know, upon getting into seminary was that apologetics class. And, um, you know, one thing he said is, like, even atheists like Jesus. Like, it's impossible to not like Jesus. Like, whether you believe that he was raised from the dead or not, whatever your stance is, it's irrefutable. Jesus was a real human being, period. You can't deny that. That's history. All of what he did, he was a great person. Jesus loved well. He he was great with friends. He threw awesome parties, right? Like Jesus was a, a fantastic guy. You can't not like Jesus, but you have to believe who Jesus is and you have to love him and trust him and submit to him for that right. because Jesus is more than just a good friend. He's a king. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And another thing that he said while he was talking about the choke soil was don't be converted to church, be converted to Jesus. Yeah. Um, which led him into the fourth kind of soil, which was good soil, soil that produces fruit. When your heart... He had a jar full of soil with an apple on top. Yeah, he did. And he <laughs> said, this is just a Walmart apple. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is my illustration for this. Yeah. No roots or anything, just a fruit so on top funny. of the jar of dirt. Anyway. But he said, it's when your heart leads to your hands, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Um, So... Those were just some of the things that I had jotted down. Yeah, um, that reminds me, um, again, of another thing that I had read, you know, about, like, church planting and developing core groups and stuff like that. And it's the same thing with, you know, your relationship with Christ is your your heart, you know, needs to be connected to your hands. And the phrase in this book was, 
um, who do you want to build a boat? A bunch of people who know how to build boats or people who desire to be at sea? Oof. Oof yeah. is right, right? I think we said that you know a couple months ago on here. And that's just it. Same thing with getting to the moon. You want to, who are you going to pick to take you to the moon? A bunch of people that say they know how to build a rocket or people who desire to step foot on that rock. Right. And, you know, that's where, that's where we need to be with Jesus. That's where we need to be in our relationship with Christ. Anybody can read the Bible. Anybody can like Jesus. Anybody can walk into a church. Not just anybody is going to bring salvation. Only people who've been blessed by the Spirit, and you're not, and that was something I had preached on. You're not blessed by the Spirit unless you've submitted your life to God. Yeah, He's not going to equip you if you're not sold out to Him. Period. Right. He has immeasurable power, but He's not just going to go wasting it on somebody who's going to sit on their couch and watch Netflix for 14 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. Got to, got to be changed. Um, one last thing about it um, before we wrap up is um, after he had went through this, he told everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And, oh, um, dang it. Wrecked me. Yeah. And Golly. Then, uh, um, so he did, and he said, you know, like, keep your eyes closed, keep your head bowed. And he said, you know, I'm going to ask you, and I just want you to raise your hand. And so then he went through, like, if you feel like you're in a place in your life where you're hard soil, raise your hand. Um, If you, and then he went through every soil. But, like, he would, like, say, like, there's so hand. many hands. Like, I see your hand. You're not alone. There's so many hands up right now. And, um, you know, I had, like, kind of just because I wanted to gauge where my my students were, you know, I was just keeping an eye on them. And um, it was just such a beautiful thing. And it did. It wrecked you. <laughs> it did. Well, because, you know, I had my head down. And, oh, man, it works me up because... You know, he talks and he says, who's here? You know, who ha- who's hard soil? Like, that's the first question. He goes, who's hard soil? Who has never even had the seed planted? Every time the seed's been there, it's been plucked away by a bird. Who's hard soil? And then so he's like, oh, that's so many hands. And I was just like, there's so many kids in this room that haven't submitted their life to Jesus, man. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I just want but these then, kids to love Jesus. Listen, but then at the end, he said, like, now's your chance. Like, if you want this. Yeah, I think, like, this. 14 kids gave their life to Christ. Yeah, it was, it was just Yeah, so well, that's amazing. what, like, I instantly started praying, you know, because, like, it wrecked me. Like, there's so many hands. I'm like, I'm glad he said that so I could start praying. You know, like, God... Those hands, those hands are reaching out to you right now. They're not just raised for a pole's sake. Like, they're reaching out to you, God, and I just want you to pick them up. So, I hope more kids give their lives to Christ, you know, in the coming weeks. Um, I hope that that was the, I hope their the soil was softened when they rose their hands. Yeah. So, it was good, man. It was good. It was real so, good. So, speaking of, um, you know, fruit of the Spirit. We got facts about fruit. We got facts about apples. Huh. 11 apple facts you probably didn't know. I'm probably not going to tell you all 11 of them, but. I bet I know more of these than you think. I bet you do, I also do, bet honestly. I'm going to be embarrassed when I don't know a single one of them. Um, <laughs> okay, so. Okay, there's a reason behind the saying, an apple a day keeps a dentist away. Is that what it is? An apple a day keeps a doctor away. Oh, I thought it was a dentist. Well, anyway, um. The acid in apples helps clean and brighten your teeth. Oh, so it actually keeps the, I mean, maybe dentists. It says the crunchy inside also acts like a mini toothbrush that can scrub away stains. I love apples. Start brushing your teeth with an apple. What? I'm just kidding. That's it. They got sugar. (laughs) Um, 
Okay. Apples are America's second favorite fruit. Only behind grapes. Nope. Bananas? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say bananas It says that we consume over, as Americans, we consume over 19 pounds of whole apples per year. And over... Oh, like each American eats 19... (laughs) What a silly stat. (laughs) (laughs) Over 50 pounds of combination of fresh apples, apple products, such as juice, applesauce, etc., it's a close second to bananas. We eat an average of 28 pounds of them a year. Whew. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of potassium. Oh, my gosh. I guess this makes sense. In Latin, the same word is used for both apple and evil. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that interesting? It makes me hate apples. Well, the first thing that came to my yeah. head was like out of Eve. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Uh, huh. Well. Although there was no direct mention of it in the book of Genesis, this is why many people believe that the forbidden fruit is an apple. Makes sense. It does make sense. Hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't say say what the fruit is. Yeah, it doesn't. Sometimes just for giggles, I say a plum. I don't know why. Wow. Yeah, anyway. Oh, I mean, it could be plum-stained things. Oh, yeah. They say our sin is a stain. Apples are 25% air. That's why they float in water. Ah, I actually, I saw that the other day because I saw facts on, um, like, bobbing for apples. Okay, that's seriously so gross. I've been, like, trying to plan our youth fall event, <laughs> and, like, it just keeps coming up, like, bob for apples. I'm like, barf. No, you, you make an apple tree. You you make, like, you, you get a large umbrella, like a beach umbrella, and you tie apples onto a string and you hang them down from that, and then you spin that, and the kids got to try to catch them. Okay, but that's not actually what bobbing for apples well, is. Well, it's reverse bobbing for apples, so kids aren't sticking their yucky mouths all in a pool of water together. Gross. Yeah, so this is gross. the non I was thinking about doing way. what you said, except for with donuts. That would be fun, too. Bobbing Whatever. for donuts? Yeah, at least not bobbing for evil, then. There's bobbing for cars. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guess what country cultivates the most apples in the world? I don't uh, know if country's the right, right word. Huh? Country? That sounds right. Yeah. Country, country. or continent? Yeah, country. Uh, Maybe both. It's got to be somewhere. Is it is it a Dutch country? It's got to be somewhere. AJ, why would I know that? You know I don't know the answer oh, to that it's question. Gotta, like Sweden? What is Dutch? Dutch is, is that... like the German countries. No. You know, somewhere over there. Like China. China. What? Oh, it's because it's the biggest continent. It says there's a whole continent. Oh, there's itself. over seven thousand five hundred varieties of apples grown oh worldwide. Twenty five hundred of those are grown in the United States. That leaves a whole lot of other kinds. Yeah, I bet they got some crazy apples over there. I bet they do. All right, let's see one more. Is that why they're so expensive? Because they got to ship them all the way over here. No. Why are apples so expensive? Everything's expensive. Okay. Um, one more. The heaviest apple ever recorded weighed four pounds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's that's like a quarter of your yearly intake of apple. It was picked in Japan in October of 2005. The wow. largest bowl of applesauce weighed 716 pounds. Ew. Yeah, that's There's a lot of applesauce. There's bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> Could you... A four-pound apple? Okay, so mind you, like a child's bowling ball is around seven pounds. Gross. It's either it was incredibly dense or it was just huge. All of the above. <laughs> How do you take a bite out of that? Like Both a, hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a watermelon. 
<laughs> he's like get a garden spade and get a couple scoops out AJ, of it. AJ, what? Like, I feel like it's not that big. Four pounds is not that I'm much. I'm imagining this thing you about the size of a basketball. You are imagining it to be so large. <laughs> That's not how it is. There's not even a picture of it? Okay, imagine this. So, like, typically a bag of apples, you get to three You think it's about the size of, of a... Oh, my gosh. So you think it's about the size of a bag of apples? What? That would make sense. Condensed into one. Because uh, it's mostly air. Eh. I'll bet that thing is the size of a beach ball. Could okay. you imagine this? On that note, we will see. I bet it's like a stick. <laughs>